The following is a hoop bowl presentation. What is going on, Hoopball Clipper Nation? Brandon Marcus, your host. We are back as Los Angeles Clippers are coming off a loss, unfortunately, to the Atlanta Hawks, 108-99. to We'll talk about that game in a second, and we will look ahead to the game tomorrow against the Miami Heat with a sports reporter from Miami, Josh Moser, friend of mine from my time over at USC, Great to have Josh on the podcast as we talk about some interesting stuff, including some COVID-sniffing dogs at the game tomorrow, the play of Jimmy Butler and how important he is to this team and why they are struggling without him, and who is stepping up in place of Jimmy Butler. So I think you'll enjoy that conversation with Josh. But before we get to that, folks, you heard me talk about everything going on at HoopBall, and I'm really proud to say that we have an awesome offering now with the Fantasy Pass. Fantasy draft season's over, obviously, and if you follow the Brewski 150, you've got yourself a really good team, but the season has just begun. Fantasy Pass is the best deal in the industry, just $4.99 per month. That's a cup of coffee. That's all it is. Now that we're in the regular season, zero commitment. Sign up for one month for 5 bucks. If you don't like it, you can cancel. We know you'll love it, but it's always nice to have that option. Now, what do you get with the Fantasy Pass? Okay, my favorite thing is the HoopBall Discord server. Discord, very much like Slack, you can hang out with all the HoopBall pros and everyone else who has signed up for the Fancy Pass is on there as well. So you got people like me and you got Dan Bespris answering your questions. You got the tweet storms from Dan and Adam King in the Discord channel. You also have just people that are playing fancy basketball just like you that you can ask questions to. You can have them rate your team. It's awesome. Of course, we also have the schedule and streaming charts, pickups, drops, fantasy appraiser tools. The Fancy Pass has it all. Please check it out. Head to hoop-ball.com and click on the Fancy Pass ad just below the main media wall. Oh, wait, quick. Let's talk about the Hawks and the Clippers. 108.99 was the final. Now, you heard me talk about how important this road trip was, and I thought the Clippers probably should go 4-2 and two at worst. Then, of course, COVID hit. No Kawhi Leonard. No Paul George, Patrick Beverly is hurt, and the expectations are suddenly much lower for this road trip, and it sucks. It it really does suck, but I got to be honest with you, it was going to hit the Clippers at some point. You can't get through a whole season during a pandemic and not hit your team. It's damn near impossible, and for the Clippers, unfortunately, it did hit. Now, here is the positive thing about this. Number one is that the NBA said today, that there's been only one positive test in their round of testing. What that says to me, and I'm just guessing, okay, so I'm not relaying any facts, is that at worst, one of the two has COVID, and the other one is because of contact tracing. And it's very possible that neither has COVID, and that it's a family member that has it, and they've been exposed. And so it's possible that they are quarantining for the 10 days, and then they'll be able to return. Now, who knows what it actually is? If it's a family member, we wish the best to the family. This is not easy. We saw Carl Anthony Towns and his family get affected, and now Towns himself has been affected with COVID. So it's a really terrible time, 
But the Clippers, unfortunately, got to keep playing. And the Clippers were playing really well. They were number one in the Western Conference. They were playing great, was really happy with their play. They were passing the ball well. Kawhi and PG were playing at MVP level. Beverly was awesome. Batum was awesome. Marcus Morris accepting his role off the bench. So what we saw yesterday was Reggie Jackson. And I'm not going to go deep into this game because it's really... I mean, it doesn't make a lot of sense to break down a game in which they lost by nine and they didn't have their star players. And it's doesn't in the grand scheme of things, it doesn't mean a whole lot. But what I will say is I want to tip my cap to Reggie Jackson because he's someone that if you remember me talking about earlier in the season that Ty Lue had his 10 game sample size of Kennard, Lou Williams, Reggie Jackson. And when they played together, the numbers weren't good. And so he ended up basically benching Reggie, and Reggie was not playing in games. Now, Reggie Jackson all of a sudden is thrust into a starting role, and he played 39 minutes last night. 20 points, 7 rebounds, 8 assists, 2 steals, a block, 8 of 16 from the field. He was unbelievable. It takes a true professional to do what Reggie Jackson just did, to sit on the bench, accept that role, and be ready whenever his name is called on. And it was just called on because the Clippers were shorthanded with no Patrick Beverly. Reggie Jackson came in at halftime the game prior and was excellent when the Clippers ended up winning against Oklahoma City in the second game against the Thunder on Sunday. And Jackson was very good in that second half. Now here he is. He gets the starting job, at least temporarily, and he's thrived. So kudos to him and kudos to Terrence Mann. 10 points, 9 rebounds, 4 steals. His defense was very good. His offense is still a work in progress, but he played 34 minutes. So we knew guys like Luke Kennard, Nick Batum, Serge Ibaka, Marcus Morris were going to get more minutes and that they were going to do well with those minutes. Uh, Batum struggled a little bit yesterday, but he did have 4 rebounds and 5 assists despite the low scoring output. But what I saw from Terrence Mann and Reggie Jackson is that they're ready whenever they're needed. And that's really important, especially in a year like this during COVID, that these guys are ready whenever they're needed. And that's so important. And I'd like to see Lou Williams get back on track. I thought he would do better in his hometown game where he played 22 minutes. He was 4 of 14. The Clippers are really going to need him to perform better on this road trip because I don't think the Clippers can win many games without Lou performing well off the bench. It's going to be really important that he does perform well. Uh, I thought Zoo was really good. He had a double-double. So the Clippers are relying on guys that they didn't think they're going to rely on. Terrence Mann, Amir Coffey played 12 minutes. But the most important thing for me yesterday was the play of Reggie Jackson, because you know what you're getting from guys like Batum, Ibaka, Kennard, Morris, Zoo. Um, but you didn't know what you're going to get from Reggie Jackson. And he got a lot of hate last year in the bubble for poor defensive play. And frankly, Doc Rivers kind of put him into some bad positions. And he's a really good catch-and-shoot three-point shooter. And he was very good yesterday. So a tip of the cap to Reggie Jackson. We'll see what they have in store with Miami, Orlando, New York, Brooklyn, and Cleveland ahead. So without further ado, let's get into our conversation. Let's preview tomorrow's game with the Miami Heat with Josh Moser. Well, this is a real treat. Someone that I have known for a long time that I went to USC with and just continues to do incredible things in the broadcasting industry and a perfect person to bring on to talk Clippers Heat as the Clippers are facing the Heat 
tomorrow night. We're recording this as the Heat are playing against the Nuggets and losing in the second quarter. Josh Moser, the sports anchor over at WSVN, a good friend of mine. Josh, what's up, man? Good to have you. Oh, absolutely. Happy to talk as always, it's, especially it's, with Clippers, man. Dude, it's well, years. for You've sure. have always been Clippers for, man, I feel like, uh, shoot, more than 15 years. It's yeah. always Clippers over the Lakers. Always. It's always been Clippers over the Lakers, and now you're a guy who grew up in L.A., and then you've made the rounds. You went from Grand Junction, Colorado, over to Denver and Green Bay, where you most recently were. And now you are in Miami, Florida. So I'm sure I'm sure you're enjoying the uh, the winters in Miami compared to what's going on in Green Bay. You know what? It's it's really tough out here. Let me tell you, it is just so painfully difficult. Uh, but in all seriousness, you know the Packers were a phenomenal organization, and to be a part of of covering Aaron Rodgers and that team. And our station was literally right across the street from Lambeau. We had a house across from Lambeau as well. And then we just, the opportunity there was great. But uh, let me tell you, it is so nice not having to scrape ice off of my windshield every morning and not seeing temperatures down in the negative degrees. And yeah, Miami's uh, good so far. Been here for two months, fully taking over for a gentleman by the name of Steve Shapiro. Uh, For LA fans, he would be an equivalent of Fred Rogan. Uh, Steve has been here in the market for 30 years as the, the main sports anchor at the station and decided to retire. So I got some big shoes to fill. Yeah, big shoes to fill, to say the least. And so you traded the snow in for what exactly? What? How has Miami been? How's it treated you? Uh, Miami's been really good. The, the work has been awesome. And it's really nice because the station is actually right on the water. We're in the north part of Miami, right on the bay. And uh, it's it's special. And the teams have been great. Got to catch the end of the Dolphins just missing the playoffs and Obviously, the Heat are really big around town, and we're just getting started. So um, all is good. Can't complain, and uh, looking forward to more. You can follow Josh on Twitter at the Knows. That's M-O-Z-K-N-O-W-Z. All right, let's talk about the game tomorrow. Before we get into the actual play on the court, because there's a lot going on with both these two teams between COVID for the Clippers and COVID for the Heat and poor play for the Heat. Um, I want to talk about what's going on at the arena because I believe starting this week, they've decided to bring in COVID sniffing dogs. And I I believe it's starting tonight that they're doing it. Tell me about what's going on there at the heat. Yeah. So um, it started this evening and tonight's a run through tomorrow. There will be up to 2000 fans and the arena holds about 20,000. So 10% capacity. And the COVID-sniffing dogs are like an airport dog where they would be trained to sniff for a certain substance. Well, these dogs have been trained to sniff for COVID. And the way it works is people would be brought to designated spots before going inside the arena. So there's an outdoor screening. This is before you go through the metal detectors. And then you get your entire group of people first. The dog does a once-by, and then you're separated individually. If the dog passes by you, that means you're good to go. If the dog sits down, that means they detect COVID. And regardless of if you have a test result or whatever, if the dog sits down, you will not be admitted inside the arena. And most of the dogs are German shepherds. Uh, We met one today. Her name was Anna. So, you know, they're trying to keep it pet friendly. And 
it'll be really, really interesting. Just another unique avenue of what we deal with here and, you know, the pandemic and sports and really the NBA post bubble. But more importantly, fans will be back inside this arena for the first time, really, Brandon, in, in almost a year. And, and people are really excited. Yeah, I was going to ask you what the reception has been like, because I'm sure everyone is pumped to get back there because the last time this arena was filled, that was the regular season and the Heat were doing well. But little did everyone know that the team that they were watching during the regular season would go on to play in the NBA Finals against the Lakers. And so this is the first time they're getting a chance to see this NBA Finals destined team on the court. So I'm sure there's a lot of excitement around this team. Yeah, well, unfortunately, the play, it's been far from it. Uh, Obviously, you know, Clippers Nation is understanding what uh, COVID is doing with everybody out but Jimmy Butler has really missed half the season Avery Bradley who opted out of the bubble was with the Lakers he's missed half the season he's actually available tonight for the first time Tyler Hero their young up-and-comer the lottery pick from last year has been dealing with neck spasms he's missed the last six or seven so this team has really been shorthanded and they're really kind of excited to see this team at full strength and once that happens I think Miami is going to explode because they need something to, to gravitate to. And uh, the arena, it's a special place, and I can't wait for that atmosphere to become electric and get everybody back inside. And a very similar team to one that was in the NBA Finals. I mean, they brought pretty much everybody back. Um, no Drogic, I believe, tonight. So we'll see if he does play against the Clippers tomorrow. So you, you mentioned Butler. January 9th was the last time we saw him. And it's one of those things where you can kind of assume that the guys who have been out the longest are the ones that probably have COVID. Is there any indication at all that Jimmy Butler could play against the Clippers? So at last check, we heard that he was two days behind Avery Bradley and Avery Bradley is back tonight. So there's a possibility that he could be back tomorrow. It's past. He hasn't officially come out and said that he had COVID. Avery Bradley was the only player to officially come out and say it. They do not have to disclose that. It's right now it's a conditioning issue. You know, once you have it, you know, especially with lung capacity and getting back into game shape. So that's where Jimmy is. The team hasn't said anything other than he's out tonight. So there's hope that he could be back. I know that from a fan perspective, they'd love to see Butler back the first time there in the arena, but that's not going to be a deciding factor. He has to pass certain tests and be cleared and be ready to go. And, you know, this team you mentioned, they're very similar to the NBA Finals team, 12 guys from that squad are back, and they want to thrive off that chemistry, that togetherness. And, you know, they're waiting for this. This team has struggled. They've lost three in a row. There's now six games at home. And this is the time, this is the spurt that they can feel they can claw their way out of the cellar of the East. Yeah, so going into this Denver game, they lost three in a row against Toronto, Brooklyn, and then Brooklyn again. Um, Then you look past before that, they won two games, but then lost three before that. So it's one of those things where the the crazy part about it is that January 12th is when they started playing with this shorthanded team. And they really relied on guys that they weren't expecting to get big minutes because guys like Bam and Drogic and the... They were all being subjected to the sidelines because of contact tracing. So you wonder, I mean, has Spo said anything about the difficulty in getting everybody back on the floor and getting that chemistry back to what it was in the bubble? He knows that it will come. It's just a matter of this team's really put themselves in a position where when a shortened season, they need to be in the top eight and get their way in there. And they've lost so many games. It's really six and nine start. So you're getting these good minutes for some of these younger players. They're getting experience. 
but it's really going to be starting over essentially once you get everybody back at full health. So that chemistry is going to be key. And especially, you know, now with these interesting schedules where there's few back to backs, they get that extra day of practice in between. And a lot of times they're still in the same city. So I'm curious to see how that will impact how the chemistry will play a part because you think they get more of that practice time, but it's, it's going to be determined. These guys need time together on the floor but Jimmy Butler is really the key piece. He's what makes this team go. Bam, obviously, is the best player. Got the max contract in the offseason, but he's still 23, and he's not really a vocal leader. Jimmy Butler is just that guy that gets this team ignited. He's the guy that has everybody's trust, the centerpiece. So once he is back on the floor, I think that will drastically change things for Coach Spolster, but you know, this is an opportunity. He gets to play with a bunch of lineups, gets minutes to guys that they might need later in the season. Uh, he's a UCSB player, Gabe Vincent. So there's a little Southern California tie, go Gauchos. And uh, we'll see what happens. But this team needs to grow up. They need to grow up in a hurry. They are near the bottom in the league in turnovers. They are terrible at offensive rebounding. So those are two categories that you really want to look for. And with Butler, he brings that toughness on the defensive end. He just Everyone elevates their game. When you're around good players, they just have that swagger to them. And when he stands up, puts his chest out, and he's on the floor, everyone else just plays better. And I would expect that once he's back in the lineup. Let's take a quick break from the conversation with Josh to talk about our friends over at Manscaped. You've heard me talk about them before, the Lawnmower 3.0, one of the best products in the game. Incredible hair trimmer. But now Manscaped is upping their game how about you smell good as well as feeling good? They just released their new cologne scent to help you feel good and smell good all over in all times. Who knew smelling this good could feel this good too? Now, they've got the refined cologne that you can use to complete your set and smell great anytime, anywhere. It's the same signature scent that's in all Manscaped formulas. This cologne is a perfect complement to the collection. Light, approachable, and gentlemanly in all the right ways. Think of it as your wingman for the night to keep you fresh and ready for anything. Calming and inviting, this signature scent introduces a light citrus burst before settling into the anchoring notes of vetiver and woodsy masculine finish. This 50 milliliter spray cologne is even hypoallergenic, cruelty-free, dye-free, paraben-free, and 100% vegan. Now you can use the Manscaped cologne wherever you go. It's time to feel sexy. Get 20% off. I know Valentine's Day is around the corner. Boy, you can use that deal now. 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOPBALL20. Look good, smell good, feel good with Manscaped. All right, so you mentioned Butler, and obviously it really does depend on Butler's health and how this team is going to do. And this team obviously does have championship aspirations. It's interesting because I want to go back quickly, um, go back a couple of days with the whole testing thing, because I know it's been weird for this team, not only with getting diagnosed with COVID and having all the protocol happen, but game times are changing. And it seems like the routine is changing for every team. But I don't get a chance to talk to many people that have been able to talk to the coaches. So I'm curious, what has Spolstra said about all the testing and everything that all these teams are having to undergo, especially with Miami Heat, who have had it happen where they had a game that got delayed because of it? 
Spolster basically says it is what it is. It's out of their control. There was a game on Martin Luther King Day that was supposed to take place at three in the afternoon. And because of the upgraded protocol where there has to be multiple testing done on that day, they ended up pushing it from a three o'clock start time to an eight o'clock start time. And the player's like, hey, you know, we were just in the hotel. Like, there's nothing that we can do. So you eat a little bit of extra food. And they're just saying, you know, this is our job. A lot of FaceTime, a lot of video games for the players, a lot of extra film session. And you forget, I mean, a lot of these guys are, you know, mid-20s, maybe approaching 30. And they're kids, you know, for the most part. But Spolstra says, you know, it's kind of out of his control. Um, you know, and an interesting part, really, this Clippers game tomorrow night, it's a TNT had the game. And then... They didn't want it anymore, probably because I think Paul George is out. Uh, Patrick Beverly, I believe, is out as well. Uh, Kawhi Leonard. So they're not getting the star power that they would. So they switched to another game. They said, hey, Heat, sorry, like you're going at eight. Um, so that's kind of the world that we're living in. And there's obviously a lot of sides to that. And uh, Spolstra just kind of keeps things very close to the vest. So the PC answer has been... Uh, given a lot of just it's out of our control we do what the doctors tell us and you know we just want to have a season and we're grateful with everything going on in the pandemic to be able to play and that's where it stands so you know that people have feelings and obviously when you're around athletes especially at the professional level you know that they are all about their routine and when you get that muscle memory even just waking up practicing at the same time when you can get everything consistent that is what is at your best and we've seen it really with the NFL and the NFL coaches talking all season, how much the team will be better if they can handle this adversity and the time change the best. So luckily, you know, there's only 17 guys right now on an NBA roster versus 53, but that's something that the Heat are really trying to focus on. And now that they're home for six games, it'll be a little bit easier. But uh, that's the hardest thing that I know you know, a lot of these teams are dealing with, but that's just the reality of 2021, unfortunately. Yeah. And if you look at the Heat, they were three and three with Butler. Without Butler, they're three and seven. So clearly they do miss him. And it's just a crazy world that they're having to adjust to. So let's talk about the guys that we know we for sure will see. You mentioned Bam, obviously an incredible player, but one guy that really burst onto the scene last year was Duncan Robinson. He's not having the same year that he had last year. Uh, what's Coach saying about Duncan and the season he's having? Because even today, as we record this, he's one for five in the second quarter. He's just not been as efficient as he was last year. I think a lot of that has to do with this team not having a true point guard. That is the one thing that the Heat really, really need, uh, especially with Dragic being out. They really don't have a guy that can create off the bounce that allows the Heat to space the floor, which is really what Duncan Robinson is best at. He's that spot-up shooter, you know, a la Allen Houston back in the day. And last year he had so much success because you had Hero coming in off the bench. Now he's a starter. Now people know who he is. They have the scouting port on him you know he's not a, a d3 player anymore that comes in like who's this kind of rangy skinny white guy hanging out with number 55 on the perimeter mm -hmm. so i think that has a lot to do with it because he is one of their better scorers and he's got to get better looks but he can hit from three he's got to get hot he's got to get in rhythm and you're also seeing him play extended minutes versus last year his role is a lot larger so you throw a lot more into that conditioning, just having to be more of a leader, more vocal. And as 
Butler comes back and this team gets back to full strength and curious to see if they make a move before the trade deadline. I think Duncan will be kind of that third guy. And I know that's where he's comfortable as opposed to being realistically right now. It's with Dragic out, it's Bam. And he's the number two scoring option and really the only guy on the perimeter. So that changes things a lot. What's interesting is that Kendrick Nunn was someone that everyone was talking about last year. And then this year, he wasn't playing much at all. He had one 31-minute appearance in late December and then didn't play more than six minutes, really, for a couple of games. And then finally, once COVID hit, he came back in the rotation, and he's been rather good. And now he's starting. No Drogic today. Like you said, no hero. So, I mean, these guys are in and out of the lineup. Kendrick Nunn seems to be a guy that the Heat are relying on a little bit more, I think, than they expected to this early on in the season. Is that is that the case? Yes, and that's simply because of injuries. And, you know, Nunn's a guy, when Eric Spolster talks about him, consistency is the word that he always uses from Kendrick. And he wants to see that consistency. And I don't know if that relates to practice time because we're not allowed to be with the team. The only interaction we get is via Zoom call. So it seems like he has to take that next level and really know that, that he can be the guy. He can score, and he's fast. He's got great with the ball. He's tricky around the basket. But it's knowing that he has to have the mentality that he is the guy, that this is his role, and to understand what he needs to do on a nightly basis. And I think that's just the maturation of him. But obviously with these injuries, he's being thrust into that role, and he's going to have to grow up very quickly. Uh, and then, you know, but he'd be a guy, you know, I know there's a lot of talk. Everyone wants Bradley Beal. They're just like, Hey, bring Bradley Beal to the heat and just get rid of everybody else. So none's kind of an interesting prospect, uh, because he does have a lot of potential and I'm curious to see if that potential will be with Miami or, or somebody else. But, uh, he's a very interesting piece to watch as this unfolds and we move further along in the season when this team gets back to full strength. Yeah, it's interesting you brought up Bradley Beal. Obviously, the talk during the offseason was Giannis, 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 and then he re-signed with Milwaukee, so now no one's talking about Giannis anymore. And now it's will Bradley Beal leave Washington to come to Miami. I think it'd be a pretty good fit, obviously, alongside Jimmy Butler and Bam. there would be a pretty good threesome there to try and stop. Um, I want to talk about the actual game, Clippers Heat, and what we can expect because it's not quite the game that we expected uh, about a week or two ago where we would have thought and hoped that Jimmy Butler would be healthy, that Kawhi and PG would be there, even Pat Beverly. Instead, the Clippers are really shorthanded, and Miami may be shorthanded. And if they do get Butler back, I can't imagine him playing a full complement of minutes. How do you think this game shakes out? Because Miami does seem to be actually healthier than the Clippers, but at the same time, they haven't been playing very well. I think you always have an advantage at home and especially tomorrow night being the first game that actual fans will be allowed inside the arena. And even though it's only 2000 of them, I, I truly believe that's going to be a spark. It's something that the players have talked about wanting and needing. And I, I would give the advantage to the heat. Uh, obviously we saw what happened with the Clippers in Atlanta, um, but it, it's a different matchup. So like they don't have a guy like Trey young. They, they just, they're truly missing this point guard. And if the Clippers can turn the ball, you know, force turnovers, which is the Achilles heel right now of the heat without Dragic, who's out with a groin injury. We don't know if he's going to play tomorrow. And, you know, the lack of that guy that can really 
distribute the ball and know how to run clock, I would give the advantage to the Clippers. However, I don't think they have somebody to match up with Bam. And we saw Bam go off for a career-high 41 points against the Nets when he is in the mindset of knowing that, okay, I'm the guy, everything runs through me on both ends of the floor, no one can stop him. It's kind of like Joel Embiid whenever he decides to turn it on. But if Bam can get that switch going, and I believe the fans will give him a little bit of a bump, even though there's only going to be about 2,000 of them, I'm going to give the slight edge to the Heat. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. And you mentioned Bam. He's obviously tremendous. And Ibaka and Zoo will have their work cut out for him. It's not going to be easy. Bam is just an incredible just offensive talent, defensive talent. He's a great passer. It's amazing what, what's happened with his emergence ever since they got rid of Whiteside. It's allowed Bam to flourish with this Heat team. You've mentioned the fans a couple of times, and, and it's interesting and you wonder if it's more pressure on the guys, perhaps, to perform knowing that there are fans there. And you, you could get that boost of energy, but at the same time, if you're performing poorly, you wonder if there is a little bit of backlash. And it's Miami's not really a town that will do that from time to time. But still, you wonder, will do you think there will be any pressure at all on these guys to perform? Or do you more of a let loose, we're just glad to have people in the stands? <laughs> I think it's more the latter. Tonight, there's a, a friends and family. So, you know, they're, they're understanding, you know, a little bit of what it potentially could be like. But you forget, you know, I, I was in, allowed inside the arena for the preseason game. Uh, they were playing the Pelicans. And, I mean, it is eerie. I have never, it was the weirdest sporting event I've ever been to in my life when the arena is that empty. It, it's just I, I didn't get the chance to experience the bubble. But that was a much smaller venue. This is a 20,000-seat arena, and it's like basically looks like an uh, apocalyptic catastrophe because everything is closed, chairs are up, seats are vacant, and it's interesting standing out on the free-throw line in, in your depth perception. It, it just doesn't feel like a basketball court, and I think just having that return to normalcy will give them a boost. I think it'll bring energy to the building, and I can truly only see it as a positive and uh, would love to see more fans eventually – but, hey, you know, it's a good start. And if the Heat can get back Butler, you know, that'd be even bigger. But, uh, you know, obviously they've been through it here for the last two weeks, and it sounds like the Clippers are kind of about to go through the same thing here that the Grizzlies, the Wizards, and the Heat have really been dealing with for the last couple of weeks. Yeah, that's for sure. Well, Josh will be there. He'll be able to watch the game in person. He'll be able to be there with the fans for the first time. WSVN Sports Anchor. In Miami, Josh Moser at the Mose Nose on Twitter, M O Z K N O W Z with the before that. So the Mose Nose. Josh, appreciate you hopping on, man. Oh, always. Anything for you, Brandon. Well, hope you enjoyed that conversation with Josh. A good look at the Miami Heat. Thought it'd be fun to bring somebody on that knows the Miami Heat as the Clippers get ready to take on the Heat tomorrow and what should Really be a fascinating game. Uh, I personally think that we may see Jimmy Butler. I think that the reason why he's not playing in tonight's game is because it's the first game of a back-to-back, and he wouldn't play in the back-to-back anyways. So I do think it's possible we see him, but it's also possible that he needs to get back to fitness, like Josh was talking about. It's now about getting back those lungs and the capacity to play in longer stretches. They're not going to bring Butler back to play 15 minutes. That's just not the reason why you have Jimmy Butler. It would be possible, but not going to happen. And for the Clippers, it'd be nice to get back in the win column. 
this is going to be a tough road trip if Kawhi and PG cannot play in the rest of these games. In general, it's going to be tough, especially with a team like Miami, a team like Brooklyn towards the end of the road trip. You knew it was going to be tough, but then you take out Kawhi and PG and Pat Beverly especially, and we've talked so much about Beverly and how important he is to this team. And really, it's it's tough. It's definitely tough, but we'll see how they do. Before we say goodbye and before we part ways, ever since I started this podcast, people are asking me for betting tips. I always get asked, who you got, Lakers or Clippers, Rodgers or Mahomes? I'll tell you what I tell them. Where you bet is just as important as who you're betting on. That's why I tell the people to bet with my bookie. My bookie's rep is rock solid. They've got the best odds, contests, and promotions in the business. They're the only place that I trust to handle my NBA-related bets. I know some of you may be big bettors. Some of you may not bet at all. And I got to tell you, the guys over at Hoopball Gaming do a tremendous job for anyone. People that are experts and people that don't know what they're doing. They help out and they want you to win because when you win, they win too because they're giving you their bets. And I guarantee you that they're betting the same stuff that they are giving out. The one sports book, though, guaranteed to give me the best lines for the NFL playoff games, for the NBA, the Premier League, is my bookie. You know me. You know that I don't give out my stamp of approval easily. To earn it, you've got to be the best at what you do, and my bookie is the best sports book out there, period. It's simple. Sign up, enter the promo code HOOPBALL, and get your deposit matched halfway up to 1000 bucks. Head over to my bookie if you want to add a little excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Bet with the best. Bet with my bookie with that promo code HOOPBALL. All right, so the Clippers will take on the Heat on Thursday. That is tomorrow. Then Orlando on Friday. New York Sunday. Brooklyn Tuesday, Cleveland Wednesday. We'll be back at the weekend to recap those Miami and Orlando games, that Florida trip for the Clippers, and look ahead to what the Clippers have ahead of them with the Knicks and the Nets on the New York side of things before they wrap up against Cleveland on Wednesday. A big thank you to you, the listener, for listening. Remember, you can always rate and review the podcast. It'll be huge for us. Give us a five-star rating. Review the podcast as well. Hit me up on Twitter, at BDMarcus, at HoopBallClips is the Twitter handle. If you want to follow us, it would be awesome. And of course, you can always interact with me on Twitter at BDMarcus. I love talking to people who reach out. So until next time, I'm Brandon Marcus saying so long and go Clips. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.